it's a type of show where like everyone is perfectly quaffed at all times, no matter what's happening. And it's just so fake. If you just went through like a fucking battle of some sort, like your hair needs to not be in perfect <laughs> curls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Watched It, the show about shows. I'm your host, Caitlin Berger. I'm a professional flutist who would usually rather be watching TV. On today's mini-sode, producer Jackie and I will each be discussing three shows that we never ended up finishing. Some of these might be shows we want to resume watching in the future, but some are shows that we are definitely never watching again. I just want to provide a quick trigger and content warning for topics of sexual assault and suicide. If you enjoyed today's show, please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you so desire, because it really helps us spread the word about our show. Thank you so much for your support. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Caitlin. How are you doing on this fine day? Pretty sleepy, but (laughs) nothing to do today, so also a good day for that. Oh, absolutely. And also highly relatable. (laughs) Jackie, before we divulge our list today, I would like to check in with you. What are your TV time stats looking like? And sorry, actually, I realized it's possible that someone listening right now has not heard of TV time, which is wild because it is the best app on my phone. It is an app where you can track the TV shows and movies that you watch, and you can do all sorts of fun stuff inside that app. You can follow both of us individually down in the show notes, but it is the best app of all time. Yes, I would love to be sponsored by them one day, but that is what TV time is, and it tracks your statistics of like how long you've been watching TV and movies. So that's what we're talking about here. Jackie, where are you at? All right, 15 months, 17 days, two hours, with 16,121 episodes watched. Epic, epic. I don't know. Someone out there, if you've beaten Jackie at this TV time statistic, please like tell us in our DMs or something because I don't know if, if anyone can. That's like a really epic number. I think we're starting this new thing where we're going to talk about our statistics, our number, if you will, and relate that to make it into something that you can imagine, something a little more tangible. So I'm at 15 months, 17 days. And I looked up the milestones of a 15-month-old. <laughs> Here's some of the things that my TV time number can do. <laughs> it can help carry small things, throw away trash, and pick out books. <laughs> I absolutely love this. I absolutely love this. And honestly, like when you're saying that, it just literally makes me picture a 15-month-old who has throughout their entire 15 months of life has been watching all the shows you've watched, mm-hmm. which is like sort of terrifying because of course nothing yeah. that either of us watches is suitable for a baby. <laughs> it's just like like you said, it makes it so much more tangible, which is super fun. <laughs> yes. And it is Caitlin's idea and I absolutely love that. I mean, I think in a recent episode, Jackie, you mentioned that my stat was like almost a full pregnancy term or something like that. So I got the idea from you actually, (laughs) but I was looking up um, my stat, which so right now, as of today, I'm at seven months, six days, 23 hours of TV time. And that is 8,343 episodes. I do have to say I cheated just a little bit recently because I realized that I had never added the show 50 in love to my app. 
it's a really good show. It's about tennis, and I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I want to go back and rewatch it. Anyways, I added all three seasons, so that like spiked my <laughs> statistic a little bit. But then, yeah, because of what you had mentioned the other time, Jackie, I went on Google and I looked up what takes seven months to like do in life, <laughs> and the only results were like baby related. Anyways, <laughs> I just ran with it. <laughs> At around seven months, a baby can roll over in both directions, even in their sleep. So as they're watching Barry and all sorts of other crazy shows, they can also roll (laughs) over. So that's kind of fun. (laughs) It's hilarious. So anyone listening who uses that app, which should be all of you by now because it's super fun, please, 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 somewhere on the internet, find us and tell us what your stats are. And also, like we said, follow us on the app. It is just like the best time. And it's free. Did I mention it's free? It's free. So there's that. So Jackie, today we're talking about shows that we never ended up finishing. And of course, that can be for a variety of reasons. We're going to list off our top three shows and honorable mentions as well. So let's dive in and please let me know what is the number three show on your list? At number three, I put Prison Break. Mm, Okay. Did you ever watch the show? I did not. But of course, it was on like network television Mm -hmm. when I was younger. So I would sort of like see it pass by that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch it when it was actually on, well, at least not the first few seasons live on TV. But when I did watch it, it's a very bingeable show, very intense. The first season was just really compelling. The second season was pretty good. And I was very into it when I was watching it. I think they actually brought the show back as well for one season, but it got to this point where it was just kind of the same thing like how many times are you going to break out of prison (laughs) and I don't know it just felt very stale to me and the first season was so quick paced it makes sense because it's like that's kind of intriguing breaking out of prison but the other ones just did not do the same trick I mean not to spoil it but in season one he literally gets like the map of the prison tattooed on his body he can't like tattoo another prison map on his body I gave up on the show. I am kind of a little curious on what ended up happening, but I just, I don't think I'll ever watch it. Yeah. I totally hear you there. I can imagine that there's not a heck of a lot to do when you're so limited by the literal title (laughs) of the show. So my number three show on my list is The Summer I Turned Pretty. Have you watched that? Yeah. In fact, I do watch it. Present tense. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I watched uh, season one last year, I think around when it premiered. I liked it fine. I'm a fan of Jenny Han. I really like the To All the Boys movie franchise. And when I was watching the show, I sort of just felt that it was okay. Like I just didn't feel connected to it any which way. And I actually think the moms are like the best part. And I sort of wish that they were lesbians, but that was a missed opportunity. And by the end of the first season, I was sort of mad that the main character whose name I forget and somehow didn't look up and write down in my notes. Belly. Belly. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. First of all, why is her name Belly? Anyways, I was sort of mad that she chose Conrad over Jeremiah or like just being single (laughs) because Conrad was like not nice to her basically for most of the season. And he just had like a lot of issues personally that he had to deal with. And so I felt that there was like literally no valid reason why she should be with him. Like I felt like they just put them together because it was predetermined as like end game. I think it's like sort of a bygone era, even though the show's like popular, I feel like hopefully we're going to start shifting away from that sort of like 
OTP or just like end game couple, like from the very beginning of a show to the very end of it, it has to be that couple. Like, I don't know. I think it's a bit overdone, but I do need to show this out. It does sort of remind me of the second to all the boys movie. I'm about to die on a hill right now. I personally believe that Lara Jean should have ended up with John Ambrose. Okay. There was literally no fucking good reason (laughs) why she went back to Peter. There was no reason. So much so that at the end of the movie, I remember thinking to myself, wait a sec, this is the end? What what just happened? Because I literally did not understand why she went back to Peter. And I was so pissed off. I still love you, Jenny. But like, I felt like in The Summer I Turned Pretty, I feel like it's the same thing where it's just like, Belly's just going to be with Conrad for sure. Then it's like, well, what's the point of watching this, you know? So I was going to watch season two. Of course, we won't talk about it because at the time of recording, the SAG and WJ are still on strike. So we won't be talking about that. But I'm just like not intrigued. Can I share some thoughts about that? Um, Yes, please. <laughs> so first of all, no offense to the actor in this, but he looks like the off-brand Harry Styles. You mean like the guy playing Conrad? Yes. Yeah. But okay. also Conrad's character. Yeah. But the actor <laughs> who plays Jeremiah like had such a glow up. That, like, looking at him compared to his brother, it's just, like, kind of like, oh. And they do not look related even one cell. (laughs) Not one cell of them is related. I mean, obviously, they're actors. But, like, the casting was a bit wonky there. A little questionable. Anyway, so I read all the books. And as a teenager, probably, like, the age it was meant for, I really enjoyed them. And that's probably the reason why I'm watching it still, because it's so nostalgic. It's really weird when you just think about the plot. Like the other day, fellow podcast guest Sophie messaged me and she was like, so is the summer I turned pretty just about a girl who like becomes pretty one summer and then everybody loves her? And I was like, kind of. <laughs> but, but then I was like, kind of, but it's a little bit more like she grew up and so they finally like respect her as a human and like pay attention to her and like see her as one of them. And I'm like, but that's still messed up. And it's also just kind of weird to be like, And this season, I'm like into this brother. This season, I'm into this brother. It is. It's really weird. I'm sorry. It's weird. It is weird. Like if that was happening in real life, I'd be like weird. Yeah. But yeah, I still watch it. So Yeah. I mean, I think the actors are very endearing. I think it's super cute. And there is some depth to it for sure. But I'm losing interest in shows like that, I think. So Jackie, what's your number two show? Number two. This might be controversial to some people too. Ooh. Ozark. Ah, okay. I have not seen that one. Very, I would say it's even critically acclaimed. I remember um, Jason Bateman won an Emmy for it one year. Julia Garner won, what, like three or four? Yes, and she does such a great job in that show. But it never, ever caught my attention. And I just kept watching it and watching it. And I was like, I know this is supposed to get good sometimes soon because so many people love it. And they compare it to like Breaking Bad, which I think is really easy to watch in terms of the speed. It never, after a few seasons, caught my eye or made me want to keep watching. Like, it was almost like a burden to have to watch it and be like, oh, I have to finish that show. And disclaimer, I probably will finish it to see what people are talking about. And my parents really want me to finish it. (laughs) But it just is one of those shows that personally, I just don't feel compelled to watch, even though it should be right up my alley. When did you stop watching? I think season three, I gave a few a go and then I was just like, intending to keep watching but it never happened i'll maybe someday watch it but it's just really not a priority of mine i hear you 
I literally don't know what that show's about. And I feel like I've like heard the title so much and like I kept seeing yeah. Leah Garner win Emmys. I'm like, cool, that's epic. But like, what even is it? Uh, I think, is it like a area of the States or something? Yeah. So it's like a region, like I think Missouri-ish. Okay. And then it's basically like drug money laundering kind of show. I feel like that's also a type of show that like has so many shows in that genre like there's just so many of those yeah especially uh during the 2010s for sure i feel like that was like a thing yeah for sure my number two show is the handmaid's tale i knew you would say that i'm pretty sure you've watched that yeah i've seen i think a season and an episode. Yeah, I'm actually close by. So I watched all of season one and then I checked TV time to see when I stopped watching in season two. That's what is so useful about it. And apparently I watched six episodes of season two at some point. Originally, I was a huge fan of the show. I had read the book previously. I thought it was genius. And then sort of that got debunked by like people online. And I, I realized it wasn't as genius as I thought, whatever. But as soon as I started watching season two... I basically felt that the violence became even more gross and basically pornographic. Like when you actually look up the word pornography, it's not necessarily like always sexual. It just was like so intense. And already season one, if anyone's watched the show, season one already is so violent, so grotesque in what it depicts. And then season two like topped it from the get-go and I was like, oh my God, you know what? I don't know that I can actually keep doing this. And I don't really care like how realistic or not something that they depict in real life is. Like it just was gratuitous to me. And in particular, there was a, a scene that made me stop watching entirely. And I probably still wouldn't have even watched after that episode anyways. But basically it was a scene in which Nick, who is one of the male leads, quote unquote, has to sleep with a 15-year-old that I think he gets married to. It was Sydney Sweeney's character. I don't remember the context exactly. It was like he didn't want to have to do that, but it was like the whole society obviously was fucked up. I just remember thinking when I knew that he was going to sleep with her, I was like, okay, well, surely they're not going to actually show us that. They're just going to like imply that that happened. Um, No, they show you a full sex scene. And like, obviously, intellectually, I understand that the actors were not underage, but like, that's what they want to make you believe is happening. That's how TV works. (laughs) It was disgusting. It literally made me want to vomit. I think I like commented maybe on their like Facebook page or something. I was like, why the fuck did you do this? I don't know why this show has continued so long, but it still exists and I have no intention of returning to it. Again, the acting is great, the production value, etc. Like we're not here to actually diss these shows. (laughs) Hopefully that's not what people are getting from our conversation, but like I could not stomach it. I remember back in the day when we were both into it and we'd have some conversations about it and like how intense certain scenes were. I think it was the first episode of season two. It was so graphic and made me so uncomfortable that I was like, I not right now. Like it was like almost triggering. And so I just stopped and I haven't really thought about it since. And yeah, still kind of surprised it's ongoing and continues to like get nominated for things. That was actually on my honorable mentions list. Mm, yeah, well, let's get into it. What else is on your honorable mentions? Okay, Boardwalk Empire. It's during that era of like HBO and Showtime where it's like so much nudity for no reason. Oh, yeah. And I'm not like a prude by any means, but like it just feels so unnecessary. And like maybe there's something 
inside of me that's like, oh no, what if somebody walks in and that makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> watching it? <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. So I feel like that's one of those shows. I don't think I'll ever finish it, to be quite honest. And then Tiger King oh, was all the rage in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and I watch a lot of stuff like that. So I'm surprised I didn't finish it. But I watched a few and I was like, these people, like, I don't really care all about them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm going to watch other shows instead. And then 13 Reasons Why. Oh, God. Okay. Um, for some reason, when I was like in eighth grade, I, I read it. Yeah, me too. I like found the book in math class under my chair. And I was like, wow, this is like what YA books can be like. Because I thought they were all like old school, honestly. So that kind of got me into reading a little bit, which I credit it for. And I found it like, wow, teenagers going through like mental health things, relatable in many ways. Uh, obviously now I can see <laughs> it's quite problematic <laughs> and I did watch season one and I was like, okay, like this feels a lot more different than 10 years ago or whatever, uh, when I read it and made me feel really uncomfortable. And a lot of things were not really done with sensitivity at all. And there's a lot to unpack with that show. I don't know necessarily if it really should have been made into a TV show. I think like it could have belonged in that era where there was other content like that. And it kept going for four seasons. Four seasons? Really? I think so. It seems like quite final, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like if you know what it's about, it's like, okay, somebody died. That should be like the end, maybe, unless you're all going to be like, okay, let's like actually change ourselves and be nice and stuff. But that doesn't really make for compelling TV. So I don't think they did that. But who knows? Anyway, so I did stop watching that. And then The Strain. Have you heard of this show? I don't even know what it is. It's like a virus uh that turns people kind of into zombie type things and my sister maddie's obsessed with it it's like a guillermo del toro she's made me watch it she'll even be like i'll massage your feet if you watch it because she's so into it <laughs> but i just can't i just can't do yeah. it it's <laughs> just not my thing is that like a recent show when did it come out i honestly don't know so when she was really trying to make me watch it it was like during 2020 i want to say so it was probably made before the pandemic itself i think so yeah I, wow. I don't really love that type of show i like the last of us but that's an exception i think and especially watching it like during the pandemic it actually was like stressful to like watch this virus spread i can imagine i don't think i'll ever finish it and i could get lots of free foot massages out of it but it's just not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> Not worth it, eh? <laughs> no. So then what is the number one show on your list? Now, this is the one that I was the most attached to out of all these shows. Ooh. And I was a big fan. I think it was really an important part of my life for many years. And that show is Doctor Who. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very magical and beautiful in many ways. Like, I really loved watching it for years. And nothing against him. <laughs> but I can't even remember his name. <laughs> not Matt Smith. Not Matt Smith. The one after Matt Smith, who's like a great actor. Lu uh, not. Lu I think it's Capaldi. Something Peter Capaldi. Yes. Peter. Yeah. Because I was yeah. about to say Louis Capaldi, and I was like, no, <laughs> not him. I was going to say Louis Capaldi too, and then I was like, that's definitely not it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, this guy's name must be Louis something anyway. But it's definitely Peter <laughs> Capaldi. I think he's a really great actor. I just couldn't really get into his first season and then it's it's been like almost 10 years I feel like since I stopped watching it and as much as I love it I just can't imagine taking the time to watch that many seasons to catch up to the current ones and I also don't know if 
age-wise, it will be as fun for me and as magical for me. I don't know. It's just, I don't think it's going to happen, but that was a really significant show in my life for a, a period of time there, but maybe not for me anymore. Yeah. I'm sort of in the same boat. I probably should have put it on my honorable mentions. So let's say that it's on my honorable mentions. <laughs> well, funny enough, actually, I guess I'm a bit of a fake fan. I only ever really watched Matt Smith's seasons, um, but I was definitely really obsessed with them at the time. Just saying the word Tumblr, I'm sure will elicit a lot of feelings in people who explored it at the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really loved it. I think I watched like one or two episodes of David Tennant's seasons mm-hmm. um, that were like really good that was recommended to me and I adore David Tennant but like you said like there's so much I mean it's basically what like the longest running show in the UK or something like I'm sure it has like a crazy stat to it it's just like too much basically it's too many seasons but I also like was really attached to it at the time yeah hearing that you haven't watched like the David Tennant episodes I'm almost like you need to go back and watch those but like you don't need to (laughs) but they're really good yeah oh my god a common suggestion from like anyone I talk to about oh my god I mean I feel like I almost did watch it because of how much I saw on Tumblr like I swear I mean, I obviously forget everything like as, you know, longtime listeners of this podcast will already know. But like, I remember at the time being like, well, like, I already have seen all all that I need to see of like from like Tumblr posts. And it's quite repetitive. I mean, it's like you get the idea and then it's just like, so in that way, I feel like it gets a little old. Mm. But with David Tennant, not to go on a little (laughs) tangent, but his whole like, dream as a child was like he's just obsessed with Doctor Who as a fan. No way. And so it's very sweet that this is like his whole passion and he puts it into the character and you really feel it. I love Matt Smith a lot. I think he's so funny in it too. Like those are really pleasant because David Tennant sometimes gets so emotional and sad because he experiences a lot of like loss and, and emotions. Yeah, they are really special and they hold a very special place in my heart. Like thinking about certain scenes, I almost get emotional still. Mm-hmm. and it's just fun it's it's really fun if i ever have children i'm gonna like make them watch it so yeah yeah absolutely and um one of the stars of sex education shuti gatwa he's gonna be the next doctor that's cool to hear that kind of makes me want to start watching it again yeah that could be fun for sure so i sort of forgot about that but that would be a part of my honorable mentions and then a couple other ones fate the winks saga i don't know how to say that title I like watched the first season. I was like, okay, this is cute enough. I started the second season. I was like, y'all are not compelling me. There's nothing here for me. You're all just pretty people doing pretty people things. And I'm sort of over it. So I stopped that. It's a type of show where like everyone is perfectly quaffed at all times, no matter what's happening. And it's just so fake. It's like too fake for me to handle in like the year of our Lord 2023. Like I just can't do that anymore. Like if you just went through like a fucking battle of some sort, like your hair needs to not be in perfect <laughs> curls. You know what I mean? Another one I stopped watching was Queer Eye. I used to be really obsessed with it. I still think it's a great show, but I just sort of got a bit tired of the format. And, you know, at the end of the day, like <laughs> once I realized that it, all this show really conveys to us is that money makes people's lives better. And so, like, then the whole premise is sort of lost because it's like, well, you can tell us to do this or do that and go and tell these poor people, essentially, like, how to change their life. At the end of the day, all you have to do is give them money and you'll see that their life will be better, you know? So it's like the sort of um, mystique around it fell apart for me. So, I mean, I still love the guys. I think they're all cool. But, yeah. Uh Uh, Another one that I want to mention was Glow, the female wrestling team show thing, I think based on real people real events i'm not too sure 
I think the characters are pretty compelling. I think the storyline was interesting. I think I watched the first two seasons in their entirety, and then the third came out, and I was like, oh, I have other things to watch, you know? So I just, I don't feel any type of way about it. I just was like, meh. I'm just not too invested anymore. Uh And then basically like tons and tons of shows that I watched when I was younger that were on cable or like network television. I mean, name any one of those and I haven't finished them because even Grey's Anatomy, which like y'all will have heard one of our earlier episodes, I mentioned that that was like my favorite show of all time back in the day. I stopped watching after like season eight or something, but that was honestly mostly because I moved out. I moved out in 2014. So it's almost been 10 years and I have not had cable since. So, you know. Uh, obviously nowadays I can go back and watch all those shows but like stuff like Castle I really liked Uh, I don't even know just any network show from like the early 2000s until like 2014 I absolutely never watched them all because they were all just like live on TV and I had to like be in one spot (laughs) to catch it Jackie do you have any guesses what my number one show might be I'm just curious (laughs) can you give me a little hint (laughs) it's an HBO show that's like really 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 I know what it is what is it yeah, because I remember now, Euphoria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, so it's Euphoria. I watched all of season one, I think like maybe a few months after it originally aired. And then, like I said, I checked back on my TV Time app. I watched exactly two episodes of season two before I nixed it. Like, I really enjoyed season one, especially the acting. I mean, like, hello, Zendaya, that's all I need to say. But like, obviously, everyone else on that show as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal acting. But like, even in season one, there was stuff that like rubbed me the wrong way, such as like Rue's substance use and how she was like characterized on the show, especially from her mom. Like, it was like they were like yelling at her for being addicted to substances when she's like, what, like 15 years old? I'm like, why are you yelling at her as if she's like a villain? in your life. She's literally a child. So that was kind of like weird to me how they portrayed her. And then uh, season two just like literally disgusted me. So I stopped, like I said, after episode two, I don't even know what happens in that episode, but just like, it's sort of similar to The Handmaid's Tale where it's like the amount of like downright pornography in this show is like truly disturbing. And it sort of also reminds me of a conversation I had with, again, bringing up our bestie Sophie in the Young Royals episode a few weeks ago. We were talking about how a lot of teen shows tend to like cast actors that are like pushing 30, but then they're playing like literally 15, not even like 18 year olds. They're playing like 15 year olds basically, but then they make them do such adult things at such a high frequency. It's just mind boggling. And like, I will go so far as to say, you'll hear it from me first, folks. Sam Levinson, the writer, director, producer of the show, that man is sick. I'm sorry. Like, I just have to say this because I think that man's brain, it's sick. It's disturbing. It's so fucking disturbing. He seems to be like obsessed with depicting underage or young people in hella exploitative situations. His recent show, The Idol, was like (laughs) a good example of that. I didn't watch it, but someone I follow on YouTube, D'Angelo Wallace, I adore him. He recapped every episode of The Idol, which is another Sam Levinson show on HBO. And basically the same things were happening on that show. And I don't know. He seems to be obsessed, especially with young female actresses, to put them in the most disgusting situations. I honestly feel so bad for these actresses because, well, first of all, not only have some of them actually divulged that, yes, a lot of this shit makes them uncomfortable, but like 
I almost feel like because these shows are like what are called like prestige shows, basically, not that I think anyone's going to call the idol that but, um, because they're seen as such like dark and complicated characters. I feel like these actresses, because they're so young, they just sort of are like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, he's such a deep person and stuff. And it's like, no, you're honey, like. You're going to look back on this in like five years and like realize how fucking disgusting of a situation he put you in. I mean, I'm not trying to be infantilizing, but like, oh my God, it just literally makes me want to throw up. So I couldn't stomach it anymore, much like The Handmaid's Tale. I I was done with that. Yeah, I feel like that's very valid. I think the first time when I was watching Euphoria, right when it was like on TV, like the night it came out, I think I watched it and I was like, what's this? And of course, it's very intriguing. The cinematography is really beautiful. It's very compelling. And I think that stuff kind of distracted me from how problematic it is. But there were definitely moments that made me feel uncomfortable. And for some reason, my brain was like, I think Sam Levinson is gay. And it made me feel like it was like slightly less predatory for some reason for the girl. I don't know. I don't know why my mind was thinking that. And then I like found out I think like a year after that, that he wasn't gay. Not like it really makes a difference. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for some reason that changed in my mind for me. And I was like, yeah, this is like quite the fascination. And I, if you've seen his film Assassination Nation that came out, I think a few years before Euphoria, it has like a girl in a relationship with a man and it gets like exposed kind of through these hacks and then also shows like a principal who's like watching like student teacher porn I think and like anyway it's just like lots of weird like why <laughs> I don't know why yeah yeah why like literally why <laughs> <laughs> yeah no why because you could still I mean I, I still enjoy it and I'll still keep watching it probably but it could still be very enjoyable without these ridiculous scenes. Cause I think if you have like the cinematography and actors alone, people will watch it to be honest. And there are a lot of good things about it. Like the way that they like highlight one character in that episode, and, like show their background. Like I love it when shows do that as much as I love that show. There's no ways to look at it and not be like, what is up with this man's brain? And is that acceptable? Yeah. I mean, there's already people now, obviously like you, who have really strong opinions about it, but I really think that the general public is going to feel this way about it more in a few years. And I think there will be more coming to light about how exploitative it was for the actors as well. I'm really curious about that, but still enjoy some of it. That high school musical thing was so funny and yeah I sort of like heard through the zeitgeist you know I saw clips and stuff and that seemed pretty pretty funny like of course like like I said I originally I really like season one I think there's so much that that redeems it so much that's fascinating to explore but the exploitative and pornographic elements to it really detract from what could be you know, an even more stellar show. And then when you consider like something like The Idol, like the negative reviews for The Idol hopefully are going to make people think twice about maybe creating content with Sam Levinson. And like, I'm not trying to like, <laughs> not trying to drag him this bad, but like, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, I just truly don't understand. I don't understand what's going through his mind. I don't know why he wants to film and write and see young women go through these things. I, I think that's not healthy. I don't think that's that's very saying I don't think it's safe for the actors or for the young people watching it either I feel like there's a lot of really young teenagers who watch it and I wonder how it affects them yeah and during like very important years of their development like I just wonder how that impacted their high school experience if anybody got into situations that were like dangerous because I thought maybe it was acceptable because of the show yeah 
sick and twisted like that TikTok sound goes. And I just want to say again, maybe I haven't mentioned it. Maybe my memory is the worst thing in the world. We are not trying to um, dissuade you from watching these shows. We're not going to judge you if you watch these shows. Nothing absolutely like that. I still watch half of these shows. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like no judgment at all. But I think it's still, you know, interesting to talk about why we don't watch certain shows because we watch a lot of shows, right? Yeah, we do. And you know what? Challenge to the listener. If you're very passionate about one of these shows, message us and give us a little thesis on why we should finish these shows. Yes. And maybe we'll give it a shot. Absolutely. It's not a never say never thing for me, at least. So I'm open to it. If you have a very good reason for me to watch it, yeah. it means a lot to you. Unless you're my sister, Maddie, <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> If you give us a good reason, maybe we'll check them out again. I don't know. Yeah. And I think we do have plans to make a mini-sode about shows that we never will ever watch. So that episode might be like more strong-willed for us. And you might probably not change our minds for those shows whenever that gets recorded. I mean, I know I, <laughs> I was very intense about The Handmaid's Tale and Euphoria, but the summer I turned pretty. You can change my mind, I think. So <laughs> like Jackie said, DM us, interact. We love hearing from you. So those were our three shows, our honorable mentions. And if you don't finish this podcast episode, you're allowed to. This is the only show that you have to actually keep <laughs> watching slash listening to. <laughs> And that's the show. You can find us on Instagram, threads, Twitter, maybe it's sort of collapsing, but we're probably still there. And TikTok at WatchedPod or by email at WatchedPod at gmail.com. Make sure to let us know which shows you stopped watching and if you'll ever go back to them in the future. Happy watching of the shows that you do want to keep watching. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>